Galatians chapter 3. Let me read one verse prior to that, kind of as an introduction to what we're going to share. In verse 21 of chapter 2, it says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes to the law, then Christ died needlessly. You know the very prayer that Jesus prayed was paraphrasing kind of like this. If there's another way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, what Jesus was saying, if there is another way, we won't go through with it. But needless to say, he said, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. And since he went through with it, that was the will of God. Right? That is the only way. I remember saying to my children one time when they were small, trying to emphasize this point to them, that God was a very cruel God if He let His Son go to the cross and there was another way. You know, if, if there was any other way for salvation, then wasn't it stupid for Jesus to go to the cross? So needless and cruel for Him to go to the, if there's some other way. Now, since there's no other way, it wasn't stupid or cruel or anything like that, but because it is the only way. And uh, we're going to talk about our subject again that we've been talking about lately. And of course, as long as we stay in Galatians, we'll be talking about that. But praise God for it. I, I'm, aren't you glad to know that we're free from the law? Isn't it, wasn't that good news to you? To find out that, that it's not based upon what you do, not based upon what you are, not based upon who you are, not based on how good you can do it. It's based upon Him. Boy, that's good news. Boy, it frees us. I mean, it just releases us from things. Chapter 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified, in other words, who, who in the world has come and, and deceived you to something else? Who came along to deceive you? Now, since it says, talk, use the word bewitch, which, uh, which is talking about coming in there and, and uh, kind of putting a spell over you. Somebody come along and, and put something out there to put a spell on you to make you think another way, which is saying... There was, you understood the truth. And now somebody come along and stole that truth from you. They came along and pulled that truth from you. You had the truth. You had no question. You know, sometimes, don't you hate sometimes when you've got everything settled in your mind, somebody asks you a question? You know? I mean, you got it settled. You know, boy, you, you got it all settled and somebody comes up with a question. And all of a sudden, you're not sure whether you know anymore. Because they throw a, a kink in the curve. I mean, they just put a, a something in the in the works and, and messes you up because you got all settled. I said, "Boy, I've got this all settled." And then somebody asks a question. You said, "Oh, got to get this thing cranked up all over again and find out what I do believe." Now, see, this is what happened to them. They came. Paul came. First of all, Paul came to Galatia. And preached the gospel. They heard it. They believed it. And they received it. 
They didn't have anything else taught to them. Then somebody comes along and begins to share with them something else. And now they're confused. And now half of them's believing this way, and the other half's believing that way, and now they're confused. Now listen to what he says. Very simple. I think he could have almost, he says it this way, but he could have almost stopped right here. He said, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Now, this is what I want to find out. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? How'd you get in on this? You know, I got to thinking today, this morning, and, uh, and, and I'm going to share it later on uh, when we get, in, you know, in church, we'll, we'll share part of this. But I got to thinking that, that we're always trying to work up faith and think up faith and, and strain for faith and get faith. And the greatest miracle ever happened to you had to come by faith, and that was your salvation. You ever thought of that? I mean, you had faith enough. God gave you faith enough to get saved, which is the greatest miracle ever happened to you. The biggest thing that ever happened to you, He called something dead alive. He brought something dead into life. You. And, and it took faith uh, to get that way. And now we're struggling with faith. And when we got that faith, we didn't know anything. When we got that faith, we were dead in trespasses and sin. And it brought us, ushered into us into life. Now, here, listen to what he's saying. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you receive it? How did you receive it? Hey, Galatians, how did you receive it? By faith, right? By faith. All right, now, let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and let's look at verse 6. As you... Therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How did you receive Him? How do you walk in Him? <clears throat> End of it, right? How are we trying to walk in Him? By works, by law, by strength, by strain, by struggle. Well, we're... we're, we're you know, we get saved and we try to work at being better. My Bible says the just shall live how? By faith. The just shall live by faith. Not by works. Not by law. Not by strain. Not by gain. But by faith. He says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How did you receive Him? By faith. How are you going to walk in Him? By faith. You walk in Him the same way you received Him. No difference. You know, God is a God of faith. He is not a God of law. He is a God of faith. How much faith does it take you to keep the law? 
You ever thought about that? How much faith does it take to keep the law? None. So, there's no energy of faith at all to keep it, is it? It's just what? Doing it. Obey it works, right? We go back to our song. Our dear old beloved song. We'll work till Jesus comes. You know? And the other one, it's just as bad. Toiling on. Toiling you know? on. Anybody remember that song? Would you erase it from your memory? Now look at the next verse. Verse 7. We're still in Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Verse 7. Listen to what it says. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. How are you being built up? By that faith in Him. How are you rooted? In that faith in Him. Everything's by faith. Not by works. Okay, Galatians. Back to Galatians. <clears throat> Chapter 3. Look at verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? Alright? Now, now let's go back to the first part. Let me read it again. Verse 2. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You know, if you just sit down, just sometime and sit down and ponder on this and think on it, you think, really, that's kind of stupid. To know that I couldn't keep it and can't keep it and tried to keep it. And every time I tried to keep the law and tried to keep works and tried to earn it, I couldn't. Why, why is it that since I couldn't and He saved me by faith, why is it that I think that I've got to maintain that by works when I couldn't do it ever before? If we couldn't, we can't. Okay? You know... You know, we're made that way. God has so designed His law in such a way that it was a law unto life, but it produced death. It ended up being a law unto death because we can't keep it. Because we can't keep it. It produced death instead of life. Amen. Why? I like to get on this because I, it, it just stirs me up some more. Every time I, I teach on this, it reminds me of more and more and more and more. I want to I share uh, something in, in Luke chapter 7 with you that so applies to this. Luke chapter 7. And... Um, Oh, I don't think I want to read the whole thing. I just want to read part of it. 
the latter part of the chapter. Let me ask you, or, or, or share something with you. You know, when it began to be evident to me that I didn't have anything to do with my salvation, when it began to be evident to me that it was all Him and not me, when I realized that, that He saved me because He loved me, and I never approached Him because I loved Him, when He found me, I was running away from Him. I didn't like Him. Didn't want any part of Him. Hated Him. Did, just, just ignored Just, Just wanted to live my life, my way. And, and, and He found me and saved me. And when I realized that, it awed me, first of all. My first thought is, why me? And my second thought was this. When I realized that I had nothing to do with it, I, I just began, first time I saw it, I began to weep before Him, seeing that, that it was all of His love and nothing of me, and, and it made me appreciate it more than any other time in my life when I saw that. Because before, I always thought I had a little part in it. And so, therefore, if I had a little part in it, I earned it. And why should I appreciate something that I worked hard for? It ceased to be a gift, but I worked for it. I did something for it. But when I realized it was all Him, and all of a sudden it just dawned on me, and, and I was aware of this, it awed me. And you know what it did? made me love Him more than I ever had before. Now, listen to this story. Let me tell you the first part. When Jesus went into some Pharisee's house and was eating... This woman came in and began to uh, uh, weep uh, at his feet and bathe his feet with her tears and dry it with her hair. And this Pharisee got pretty indignant about it and thought if this guy was really a prophet, if Jesus was really a prophet, he'd know that that woman that's touching him is a sinner. Okay. Verse 40. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed him 50, uh, 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to pay, notice that, they were unable to pay, he graciously forgave them. Which of them, therefore, will love him more? Simon said, I suppose the one whom he gave more, forgave more. And he said, you've judged correctly. Did you see this woman? I entered in the house and you gave me no water for my feet. She has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but since the time I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. She loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Now, the point is this. When we feel like that we had some part in our salvation, 
are the maintenance of our salvation. Are the improvement of ourselves. There's no reason for love. Right? There's reason that you owe it to me. It's debt. And there's no appreciation for debt. Have you ever <clears throat> gone to get your paycheck from your job and you got your, and he handed it to you and you bowed and said, Oh, thank you. I, oh, I love you for this. I appreciate for this money that you've given me. Uh, you're, you've extended such grace to me. You have, you, 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 have given me, you have given me so much. You ever done that? I think you're crazy. Well, you go and get it and look at it and make sure they paid you all that they owed you. <laughs> Seemed like every time I used to get a check, you know, where they took out all FIC and everything, I always checked and made sure it was down to the penny right. Remember that? Why? I worked for that. I earned that. I worked hard for that. And I want them to give me all that they owe me. Why? Because they owe it to me. Now, if I'm earning, first of all, my salvation, and I'm earning keeping my salvation, and I'm earning uh, everything I get from God, there's no love and appreciation there. Right? But praise God, He came and He loved us. Why? Because He wanted to love us? Yeah, but why? Because He wanted to love us? Yeah, but why? Because He wanted to love us. He does things for His own pleasure. But the Scripture says. He does things for His own pleasure, for His desire. And He wants to extend His grace to us. He wants to extend His mercy to us. He wants to love us. Yes, it'd be hell, but I didn't do a thing. That's right. And don't that make you appreciate it more? You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't hound God for it. You didn't do a thing. And He loved you. It makes us want, ought to, make us want to stand before Him or bow before Him the rest of our eternity and thank Him for His grace. Because it was just grace. In the Old Testament, it was called favor. Grace. They found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It's grace. I used to think, wonder what they did good for God to favor them. They never could find anything. They just, they had, they just found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. And see, see what the devil, see what the devil would like to do. He would like to get you back under the law so that you'll not love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength. Because now you deserve what you get. You don't love God. You, God owes you. When you work for it, God owes you. If I keep the law, God owes me. I go demand my pay. 
Because I've earned it. I've worked hard for it. I have kept the law. And it ceases to be grace. It takes it just eliminates and erases grace. Completely takes grace out of it. Well, sure, Satan would like for you to think that you need to keep the law and you need to work hard and you need to hold on and you need to do all this stuff. Just keep on. It's just grace. <coughs> From the very beginning, Satan has tried to put enmity between man and God. From the very beginning, he wanted to put, make man God's enemy and God man's enemy. From the very beginning. Has God said, God's trying to keep this from you. God doesn't love you. God doesn't want you to have this. God this and God that. And they believed that. And when they believed that, then they was afraid of God and hid from God and didn't believe God and walked away from God. From the very beginning. And all the time, God wanted to extend grace and grace and grace and grace. Now, let's go back to... Uh, let's go to Psalms... Uh, 51. That's where we need to go. Psalms 51. You know, Psalms 51 was written by David right after Nathan had come to him and exposed him as an adulterer and as a murderer. And he was guilty. And Nathan said, you're the man. And David cried out, I've sinned. Now, and David was real broken over this sin. I mean, he was really broken over this sin. When he finally confronted himself with it, when Nathan came to him, but when he finally admitted and confronted himself, he was broken over this sin of displeasing God. He was broken over it. Now, now in being broken but toward God and wanting wanting that relationship and that fellowship back, he's willing to do anything to get that back. He's willing to sacrifice a thousand lambs. Do anything to get that back. Right? Wouldn't you do when when, when you've got broken relationship with God, and every one of us has experienced this yesterday, right? Well, you know what I'm talking about. This, this knowing that, that you've displeased God and there's that, there's that thing between you and God. We've all experienced this. And, and our desire to get back, our first thought is, what can I do? How, what can I do that I might get God on my side again? What kind of a works are what what can I do? What kind of good works can I do? What kind of penance can I do? I need to suffer a little bit. I'll feel better if I suffer a little bit. We all like to suffer, don't we? It makes us feel better, like now it's over with. And listen to what he said. 
Now in his prayer, and you ought to read this sometime, we sing it occasionally, parts of it. But look at verse 16. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I'd give it. In other words, now his desire is to get back in relationship with God. Okay? And he says, you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise, I, I, I'd give that. You're not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. You know what he's saying? All I want from you is just to come back to me. And you can't come back to me in pride and works and boastfulness and haughtiness and hiding and covering sin. He said, just come and just, you be, you be the sacrifice. He said, I just want you. I just want you to come and know that I, I'm the forgiver. I want you to just come and fall at my feet knowing that I want to, want to, to forgive you. I want you to just come and receive grace from me. That's what he's saying. Just come and, and receive grace from me. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, right? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No mention of sacrifice. No mention of penance. No mention of works. Just come casting yourself at His feet and said, You're right. I'm wrong. Grace. Just, just receiving grace. Well, I, I, I wish... I'd like for God to give me a big eraser. I could go around and erase things out of our minds. Just go around and erase this and erase this and erase this. So that we might forget all those things we've been taught about how good we have to walk and how much law we have to keep. Just erase it. So that we might remember all the grace and the forgiveness and the hope that we have in Jesus. Finding out that we have everything in Him, not in these other things, our, everything we have is in Him. Verse 4. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Does He then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Where's faith come from? Hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It says, uh, Does he then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How does he do it? By faith. By the hearing of faith. The works that are done are done by faith. Right? You understand what it's saying? I want you to understand what it's saying. When we, let me 
use an example. When we lay hands on the sick and they're healed, is it done by the works of the law or by faith? We get a law out and say, now if you lay hands and if you go keep this law, you'll get healed. Or lay hands on somebody and say, now I've kept the law all day, so therefore now I know you're going to get healed. Not like that, is it? comes from what? Faith. comes from faith. That's what he's saying. Where does it come from? When you receive the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, where would you get it from? Keeping the law? That's, that's a big stumbling block for some people. They think, trying to do something, trying to work hard, trying to do something, trying to get better, trying to get good enough, trying to get good Boy, I went through that for a year. Trying to get good enough. Boy, I worked hard. I tried to get good enough. And finally, when I found out I couldn't get good enough, and God finally showed me it wasn't what I was going to do, then He did it. He didn't do it by works. He did it by faith. Everything He does is by faith. Okay? Everything. Now, verse 6. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. For the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations shall be blessed in you. Not just all of your children, not just all of the Jews, not just all of the the seed of Abraham, but all the nations shall be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Now, let me, let me mention a couple of things about Abraham. Abraham, uh, God, God is so... You know, I found out God's smart. I'm going to find out more and more that how smart God is. He called Abraham years over 400 years before he introduced law. Law came way after Abraham. You understand that? In other words, here is Abraham, the father of faith, the one that expresses the fact that we have faith and where we, we're the sons of Abraham because we believe like Abraham. And he talks about faith and grace with, through Abraham long before the law was written. Hundreds of years before we got the law. Then we get the law and we forget Abraham. Now we're under Moses rather than Abraham. But Abraham was before Moses. Did Abraham, I mean, did Moses nullify Abraham? And when he begins to speak in the Word, there's more written about Abraham than Moses. Why? Abraham believed God, and that belief, that faith, was counted for righteousness. And so Abraham was righteous before there was any law. Moses was righteous before he even wrote the law. 
And Jesus come along and erased the law. <laughs> we find out the law was simply a schoolmaster. Instead of earning it, He's going to give it to you. So, yeah, but what have I got to do for it? Nothing. He's going to give it to you. Yeah, but, but what, I got to, what have I got to do for it? Nothing. He's going to give it to you. You don't have to do anything? No. Here, take it. Yeah, but... In a, in a strange... Every one of us did that. Did you know we did that? When we got saved, you remember doing that? I remember it witnessed to a lot of people and... and and uh, they'll say, yeah, but I'm just, I just can't keep it, boy. I just, but you know, trying to talk to him about salvation. Yes, I just don't, don't think I can live the life. What are they talking about? Law. <coughs> Keeping something, doing something. They say, I just don't, can't live up to it. You're right, you can't. God can. He's already done it for you. And they, the carnal mind cannot comprehend that. Cannot comprehend it. Don't understand it. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Now, let me stop there. And I want to repeat something I said a few weeks back. If you want to keep the law, fine. But you're under a curse. When you want to put yourself under the law, you're putting yourself under a curse. Okay? Everyone who's under the law is under the curse. So if that's what you want to be, if that's what you want to do, that you want to go under the law, then you're saying, I want to go under the curse. How many want, if I put it that way, now let's, let's say it another way. How many of you want to go under the curse? <coughs> now if I said it that way, you'd say, well, I don't want to do, boy, I'm not going to do that. Who wants to keep the curse? Anybody want to get under the curse? Well, of course not. But if you didn't tell them about that, say, how many of you want to keep the law? Well, I might want to keep the law. I might want, you know. But when we find out that keeping the law or getting under the law is getting under the curse. Rest of this verse. For it's written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. You see why you're under a curse? Because when you get under law and you can't keep it, you're under the curse of the law. Because all the law has a curse. The curse is, if you don't do this, God is going to do this. There's always a curse for not keeping the law. Cursed is everyone who does not keep. How many of you been under a curse? Has anybody here kept all the law? Anybody? I'd sure like to meet you. We haven't kept it, then therefore we've been what? Cursed. We live under a curse. And that curse is a penalty of death. And in God's view, that penalty of death is eternity in hell. Because we've not kept the law. And we've got, we owe God a debt. And that's where grace come in. 
And Jesus became that curse for us. That we might be released from that curse. He, he took that penalty of the curse. He took it. Became a curse for us. That we don't fall under the curse of the law. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 11. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, the righteous man or the righteous shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. How many times... Anybody think of a, a better way to say this or a different way to say it? I've said it about... You know, today and, and all the last few days and, and that we've been teaching on this, I've said it so many ways that I've run out of ways to say it. This, this is the most freeing... This is one of the most freeing doctrines in this Word. It's one of the most freeing things that we can learn to get this from our head into our heart and start walking like this rather than the way we've walked all our life. I, I know. I know how you've walked. I know how I've walked. How, how much bondage has been. How much of a struggle it was. How, much, how, how often, how often that we live through a day worried about what we've done. Struggling through. Trying to... You know, I, I, I used to used to do this I'd sin and I'd I'd go to God and I'd say Lord forgive me and I'd think about it a little bit more how awful it was and I'd go back and I'd say Lord forgive me and I'd think about how awful it was and I'd go back and ask God to forgive me again and then I'd think I said I wonder what I can do to please God and I'd try to please God and all that time I was ignoring the word and the truth of the word the Word says to confess it, forget it. And the only way I could please Him by faith. When I didn't believe 1 John 1 and 9, it was lack of faith. I didn't believe Him. If I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When I walked away feeling unforgiven, I'm calling Him a liar. I'm saying I am not forgiven because I don't feel like it. I'm not forgiven because I still remember it. I'm not forgiven because I, uh, the devil, I mean, something in my mind still reminded me of it. I'm not forgiven because I haven't done enough for it. I have not forgiven because I haven't been punished for it. I'm not, you know, all these things go through your mind. And all of it is a lack of faith. If you said it, that's the end of it. You know what has started happening to me when I started coming to this place? When, when when God put two scriptures together for me, First John one and nine and Hebrews chapter eleven verse six, which says without faith it's impossible to please Him, just that part of it. When He put those two together, and I recognized that I wasn't believing God, then when I start practicing this to go to Him in repentance and confess it and walk away as if I'd never done it, 
You know what started happening to me? I even forgot it in my mind. I cannot remember them anymore. He even started erasing them out of my mind. The Lord says He not only forgives, but He what? He forgets. He even started helping me to forget. Now you talk about a liberty. Most of us go around for weeks still remembering what we did a week ago or two weeks ago, still remembering it, still feeling sorry for it, still feeling bad over it, and it's still in our mind, and yet we're saying, I, you know, I really, I, I believe God forgive me, but I can't forget it. He, even as I began to walk in it, He even erases and makes me forget what I did. Boy, you talk about freedom. The devil comes up and says, you know what you did? And I said, no. He says, yeah, but you... Yeah, but I don't... It's freeing, folks. He said, well, I don't believe that can happen. Yes, it can. The scripture talks about, talks about the guilt being gone. If the guilt's not gone, one of the things He brings in our salvation, in our forgiveness, is that guilt's gone. And that's what He's taken away from. He takes the guilt away the feeling of guilt and he takes begins to take the memory of it away. So yeah, you just got a short memory. Yeah, it might be. But praise God for a short memory then. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd rather have a short memory. Amen. Okay.